Welcome everyone to another episode of the Product Led Podcast. This is Pierce, your host. Today we have a very interesting topic, and we have Chase Wilson, uh, co-founder and CEO of Flywheel. And Chase, how are you? Doing well, Pierce. Glad to be on the podcast. Been a big fan for a long time. Thank you, thank you. We just had our. I just finished working on our hundredth episode, and. Yeah, that's a big milestone. Thank you for being one of our guests. And as we were talking before our recording, you mentioned something that really surprised me. Also, by the way, before we get to that, I dropped by your website, the flywheel.app, and noticed that you're quite big on product-led growth. Can you tell us more about it? Because like, there's like a big emphasis on it on your website itself. Yeah, absolutely. To make a long story short, I actually started Flywheel to solve the product-led growth issues I was running over, uh, running into while I was over at Atlassian uh, as a head of product marketing over there. So it's been going really well. We just raised a C round a little while back and have some really great investors on board uh, that you definitely recognize the names of. We've got the uh, chief product officer of Atlassian, CEO of Trello, uh, super excited. And the reason we're working with them is essentially to help this self-serve concept of product-led growth and really help marketers and salespeople close some more of those free trials and freemium users. So, And you only, not really only, but you've started Flywheel like only a few months ago, yeah? Yeah, yeah. We started uh, in November pretty much. So we've been building fast. We were just talking, you know, going to be onboarding our first customers onto the app today. Very exciting. Uh, I've been working with some design partners for a little while. And uh, yeah, just really thrilled to help bring some of that product marketing knowledge that I was able to acquire in the past to the next generation of product-led companies. And I wish you all the best. <laughs> On one of our chats, as we were setting up the episode, you mentioned that you had a different idea about PQLs and that the current trend that seems to be going on in PLG companies in general. Could you uh, elaborate on that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So might be good to start, I guess, with uh, what a PQL is or how we like mm-hmm. to think about it. So for us to keep it just super short, it's essentially a way to qualify whether a lead uh, is a good potential customer for your company or not based off of how they use your product, generally with a freemium or a free trial kind of motion, though it can be used with uh, sales-led as well if you have people inside of your application. So. Uh, it's been talked about a lot. A lot of people are thinking that that's the, the next big wave, right? It's a form of user research, if, uh, if I understand it correctly. I mean, product-qualified leads. Yeah, it's a great way to learn more about which users are finding value in your app. And then you can create a set of criteria to essentially put people into buckets and pass the qualified leads over to whether that's a sales team or a customer success team, uh, someone down the funnel a little further generally. And I think that there's really, really great things about product qualified leads, and it's understandable why people are moving in that direction. Product usage is just a very important data source these days, and PLG companies cannot afford to ignore it. Uh, There are sort of exceptions uh, for companies like Notion and Trello that have lots of individual free users who may never upgrade. Uh, But in general, for B2B SaaS companies, it's a pretty good indication of Uh, interest in your product if you Mm -hmm. have very engaged user bases. And I also think that PQLs are just a very easy way for people to think about lead qualification. Uh, You know, MQLs, sort of the predecessor to PQLs, very popular for that reason. 
just a simple way for the company to rally around a, a unified set of metrics. Yeah, basically, it's, it's like it's putting a name to the face of uh, your users and what kind of users they are. It's a shortcut to it so that it's easier to wrangle in your head in a matter of speaking. And a lot of PLG companies definitely want to double down on PQLs. You also did mention that it may not be the next big thing. How does that work? Yeah, it's a bit of a, a hot take. So we'll we'll see how other people think about it. But mm-hmm. so I've been in marketing for a long time. And one of the biggest gripes I always had with marketing was the concept of MQLs mm-hmm. and why, while they were an easy mental model for people to sort of rally around, what I ended up finding out was that there were just a lot of problems with it. The first one is that to figure out a set of criteria that both marketing and sales agrees upon to be uh, set up as a qualified lead is very difficult and very time-consuming. It's often a little bit political. People want to make sure that their teams are able to hit their goals, right? And then the incentive alignment is not always there. The next problem is once you've spent the time to do that, it often becomes irrelevant very quickly, right? So that could mean that you know we have something like COVID that happens where all of a sudden people aren't going to in-person events anymore. And now that source as a score of points that go towards an MQL is relevant. Perhaps webinars have recently been more impactful. So you change the amount of points uh, that go into that MQL mm-hmm. calculation. And effectively, you just have an ever-changing uh, number or set of inputs to get to that number to really uh, get to clarity on an MQL. So you, you're never done, right? And that's the same yeah. with a PQL. You're never done. Uh, it, and that's it, fine. But yeah, go ahead. You're, you're going to end up spending so much time chasing that number, wanting it to be accurate without having actual time to use that data. Exactly. And I think it creates some artificial lines too, right? So yeah. when you have a, an NEQL, whether that's a, an SQL or an MQL or now a PQL, Mm-hmm. It's sort of a sense of finality. So you have a bunch of people working to get someone to be an XQL. And then as soon as they become that, you sort of hand that off to the next team. And I think those artificial lines are really detrimental for uh, fast-paced and really dynamic buyer journeys these days. It was a little mm-hmm. easier when buyer journeys were very linear, but product-led growth is extremely uh, flexible. And uh, every journey that a company goes down is, is fairly unique. So yeah. I think it's very difficult to keep those consistent. Being uh, PLG, being the approach that it is, product-led growth, how would changing your perspective on PQLs, MQLs, and SQLs affect the users or the customer's experience? Absolutely. So I would like to move people towards something that I'll I'll try to coin here. I don't know if it'll ever take off, but uh, potentially a team-qualified lead or a company-qualified lead. Mm. Realistically, I think companies should rally around converting uh, free and freemium users to paid customers and understand that every department will play some role in that acquisition and they are not linear handoffs. So to give a a quick example of that, right? you could say that uh, person X at company Y signs up for your product and Mm -hmm. person X is exploring the product and then they stop. Marketing might send them some emails. One of those might pipe their interest uh, and then they'll go back into the product. Mm -hmm. They might then 
not be able to figure out a feature, right? So then they'll go to your help documentation or your support documentation. Maybe they'll talk to customer success and then they'll come back out and they'll loop in another stakeholder. And that stakeholder will only evaluate one part of the app. That might be just a specific feature that's relevant to that person's role, right? Even though the Mm -hmm. other person is the champion. Then that stakeholder might go visit the website, right? They might watch videos and et cetera. Uh, This kind of continues and loops all over the place. And it's very difficult then to say that this is a linear journey, right? Uh, It's all over and some organizations might be more interested in some features than others. And so what you really need to do is you need to take not only the, the product usage data, but also the sales interaction data and the marketing interaction data and sort of put it together as an overall timeline. And then that timeline ends when someone converts. Uh, And of course, then it picks back up for upgrades and for renewals and things. But at least for that initial customer, I just think it's a little foolhardy to focus in on one data source. And -hmm. it's even harder to understand how someone got there if you just focus on uh, satisfying a set of criteria. So on top of have or giving your users, your customers, a, a smoother transition from your free trial freemium model to being paid, it's also making things easier for yourself. You just have to change how you see your customers or your users in general. Yeah, I I get the logic of what you mentioned earlier that it draws like these artificial lines and we half expect that the PQLs will stay as PQLs, MQLs will stay as MQLs and SQLs for their part. And then they just like, turn around, do their own flywheel thing, blah, 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 before they move on to being paid. And then that's the only time that they're, they get like handed off to a different department or what have you. All right. Yeah. Uh, definitely makes gears turn in my head for sure. Sure. This will be like, it's different. Not sure how it's how how, how the complete reception is going to be, but I do see the logic behind it, and I could back that up. So, not to be like going into the nitty gritty, why call it team qualified leads? Sure, sure, and maybe I'll I'll do some kind of longer write up sometime. But my opinion is mm-hmm. that whenever you come to an agreement on a on a PQL or an MQL that the goal is to find some sort of happy medium where the user has sat or the company in question has satisfied a number uh, of criteria that means they're invested enough, right? Uh, You could say. And so, you know, sales doesn't want 2000 leads uh, to come in every week that maybe have just opened up the the app once, right? Mm -hmm. And so they want people to visit a pricing page or they want people to add five users to the app or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think what the issue is, is that the the lines get pushed quite far back uh, into the user journey. And this means that sales might not actually be engaged uh, with a company until like day seven or day 14 after someone has signed up for a trial. So over at Flywheel, what we're doing is we are standardizing and structuring the data uh, based off of time as sort of a fundamental undercurrent. And this is something we picked up from Atlassian in my time there. But essentially, we evaluate companies that come in based off of their marketing product and sales interactions, as well as customer success, every certain number of days. So we check in on day zero, day Mm -hmm. one, day three, seven, 14, and 28, right? For a 30-day trial. And each one of those markers, we will compare that company's progress uh, and interactions with your company compared to everyone else who was at day seven at that time. And this Mm -hmm. way, we're able to identify 
uh, really excited companies that maybe say day three uh, mm-hmm. that have only satisfied like half the criteria for a PQL, say. But we can tell that they're achieving those far faster than most people did, even if they became PQLs officially on like day seven. And since mm-hmm. this means teams are able to reach out far earlier to good leads and really capture them when their interest is high, rather than waiting for maybe that kind of pesky last criteria uh, to get through. So I think this is why PQLs is a way to think about a business is a, is a little too strict. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if we can open it up and make it more fluid, we'll be able to find sort of those diamonds in the rough uh, that maybe just haven't hit, you know, the way that we're thinking about the business today. Yeah, I get what you mean. And I mean, customers or users particularly love when they get customized attention, a customized experience that's only available to them in particular. And with that kind of perspective, to put it in a way, it's extremely product-led because you're prioritizing the user experience and obviously making things a lot easier for you because you get into that sort of rhythm and not having to look out for things that you don't really have to look out for and extending the user journey more than it has to. That's amazing. I'm going to have to wrap this up, but before I do, I'd like to ask a few questions. What are the two pieces of advice that you can give to our listeners or if not advice, maybe key takeaways that you'd like our listeners to have for this episode? Mm, Yeah. So I think the first one would be that for product-led growth companies, your primary goal should be to show your users the value of your product as quickly as possible, right? And people talk about this a good amount, so maybe it's nothing revolutionary. But I would add to that that you need to prove to your users that your app is more valuable than your competitors in a shorter amount of time. So it's not enough to show value. You have to show more value. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that is not just in the product. So I guess that'll lead to my second thing, which is that if you're just focusing on PQLs and product usage, you're missing uh, half the user journey. So make sure to pay attention to those same companies as they go to your website, as they engage with support, as they talk to your sales teams, whatever it might be. Uh, mm-hmm. that leads up to this kind of lead. And so, you know, if you're a company today that is not looking at product usage and product qualified leads are the easiest way for you to do that, I think that's a great first step. But if you're looking towards the future, I think uh, maybe something a little more inclusive will, will be the, the final answer. Nice. I like that. I mean, I've been like digesting what, you, uh, what we were talking about. And one of the things about being product-led is that you have a wider top of funnel so to speak. Mm. The thing about like putting users in buckets is that it's like you're operating with a lot of smaller funnels at the top instead of having one big wide one because sometimes users are going to fall in between those. So yeah, I I get the logic uh, behind it. It's been a pleasure speaking with you again, uh, Chase. And so what would be the best way for people to reach you should they want to get more of your insight or find out more about Flywheel? Yeah, absolutely. So anyone can email me at chase at the flywheel.app. We actually do a lot of pro bono advice for companies who might not be a good fit for us, but might be a good fit for other companies. I'm happy to steer people in the right direction. But yeah, that's the, the place to contact me. All right, nice. So that was another episode of the Product-Led Podcast. Uh, This is Pierce, your community manager at Product-Led. Thank you for joining us. You take care. 